StoryCorps Detroit is supported by the Detroit Historical Society. From Detroit's public radio station, WDET, this is StoryCorps Detroit. We take interviews of Detroiters by Detroiters and share them with you. I'm Sasha Ryan. Here with me is StoryCorps Detroit producer Laura Herberg. Hey, Laura. Hi, Sasha. So what do you have for us today? You know, I don't think I want to tell you. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Well, what it means is this story kind of speaks for itself, and I don't really want to give anything away. Okay. Well, that is very mysterious, but let's just hear the story. I had just went through a horrendous divorce, and I um, didn't really date much. But through my old church, I was introduced to a young lady who I thought that this was going to be the woman that I was going to marry. I went out and bought a wedding ring for her, and uh, she wore it for a couple of months. And then one evening in 2003, she showed up at my door and said she needed to have a serious talk with me. The story that she told me was that she had met someone else and she had uh, decided not to get married to me. But she mentioned to me that she had planned to keep the engagement ring. Well, that didn't sit well with me. And um, I explained to her that at church, then I was going to jump up in the middle of the congregation singing, and I was just going to call her out for stealing my wedding ring. And she dared me to do it. So Sunday rolled around. I walked in. She met me and asked me, because she talked to me in a little room. I said, sure. And she walked me through, and she turned around, and she gave me this big, dirty sock. And what is this sock? She said, well, open it, look at it. So I opened it. There was my ring box. Inside was my ring. And she said to me, I didn't have to give it back. I've got 75% ownership, according to my aunt, who lives in Seattle and is a Supreme Court judge. I have been married for 22 years. We have three kids, teenagers, and... Um, One day my husband told me, um, I want out. I I want a divorce. Despite all my efforts to change his mind, he decided he wanted to leave. So needless to say, I was heartbroken. And I did my work of prayer and asking God to save my marriage. And when I saw that that was not an option, I decided to go on with my life. And so it was important for me to figure out who I was because I'd been married like forever, got married at a young age. And so if it was something going on in Detroit socially or art-wise, I was there. I was always looking for something to do. And so I saw that the play Yellow Man was being played at the Repertory Theater It was sold out, actually, and I called down, and I said, do you guys have any tickets left, any seats left? They said, no, we're sold out, but you can come down on standby. So that's what I did. There was a play called Yellow Man that was showing at the Detroit Rep Theater. I'm a fair, light-skinned black man. I've always been called the Yellow Man. So I, I showed up. I walked in, and I sat down. Lights were dimming. 
And off to my left, I could see this woman making her way up the aisle like she was lost and looking for somebody. There's one seat between two guys, and there's another seat beside this other guy. And she kept looking down each row until she got to me, and I thought, oh, don't let her sit next to me. I just want an evening by myself. I don't want to be bothered. So I decided, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll sit next to this one guy here. <laughs> she decided to sit next to me. Well, that's when the curtain went up and the play started. So as Yellow Man is going on, there's a little bit of a violent episode that happens. It got intense, right? Right. And next thing I know, I'm gripping the armrest. Well, his hand was already there. She grabs my hand. And so I was like, oh, pardon me, excuse me. It shocked me because I was all into the play, too. And I looked up and this person had my arm. And so I'm focusing now on the play. He had like an intermission, and I said, what's your name? And you said, Lori. You and I just kind of sat there and kind of talked about what was going on with the play. And I felt at ease with her. I I felt like I could talk to her. And we happened to also exchange phone numbers. Yes. But I never called you, and you never called me. And I never called you. But you know what happened? Something happened even before that. I'd gone to church, and... There was this minister there. I went up to say hello because I knew him. And he said, you know, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to tell you something. God says that he has someone for you. You're going to be getting married soon. I say goodbye and I walk across the room and I see another minister friend of mine. So she said the same thing. I'm like floating home, right? Because I'm excited. I'm finally hearing what I've been wanting to hear. And I said to God as I laid in bed that night, I'm like, okay, well, you showed them, you showed them, so show me. So I go to sleep. And then the next morning, right at the top of my sleep, I see this, what looks like a vision in front of my eyes. And I see this guy. He's very, very fair. And I was like, wow. Time went on, and I, you know, I had forgotten about Lori. I had forgotten about meeting her. I was just just determined just to start over. And I remember one day taking a shower and involuntary tears coming up my eyes. And I remember the whole house was just quiet, and I heard this voice, and it was a resounding voice that said, You'll meet your wife today in Eastern Market, but you need to go now. I'm walking at the Eastern Market. She walked past me so fast, I couldn't even remember her name. And I kept thinking, what is her name? And that's when this voice came back again, and it said, Lori Taylor. And I said, Lori Taylor? Yeah, Lori Taylor, Lori Taylor. And she turned around and said, dude. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know who you were at first, remember? Mm. Because it had been like six months since I saw you last. So, like, I had to stare for a minute. Then I recognized who you were. Mm -hmm. But I know you said you had a poetry Mm -hmm. reading or something that you had to go to. So I said, oh, okay. Um, Is there any possibility that uh, I could see you, meet you there or something? Right. So I gave you the address, right? Right. And, of course, I couldn't find it. (laughs) 
Didn't you go all the way back home because you left your phone or right. something? Right. And back then they didn't have GPS, so I didn't, I couldn't GPS my way to find you anyway. So I ended up calling you again and setting up another date to meet you at your house. No, you actually said mm-hmm. you called me. And you go, well, what are you doing now? Well, I said, well, I'm pretty much in for the evening now. Mm-hmm. And that's when you said, well, can I come over? Yeah, another day. <laughs> <laughs> Same day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we only dated for three months. Yes. That's pretty yeah. amazing right there. But we knew, right? Mm-hmm. We knew you were the one. And I knew that I was your girl. That was Ken Gray and Lori Taylor Gray. They've been married 13 years. That's an amazing story. Yeah, and there's even more twists and turns. So that's like a summarized version of their amazing tale of how they came together. It's so cinematic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can tell this is not the first time they've told that story. If you have a a meeting story like that, I'm sure they've told it a million times. But it it really is an amazing story. And um, one detail that I left out is, so during that three-month period when they were dating, they went out for Chinese food and they got a fortune cookie and I think it was Ken's cookie and he opened it up and it said you're gonna be married (laughs) and they say they still have that fortune it's like on their fridge or something so (laughs) the stars were aligned that's great well you know there's nothing like a cool love story these things need to happen in real life you know this is uh, bread and butter love stuff exactly (laughs) well thank you Laura my pleasure This podcast is a product of WDET, Detroit's public radio station. This episode was produced by Laura Herberg with help from Sam Bobian. Our music is by Will Sessions. If you want to make sure you hear the next episode, you can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While there, we recommend you check out WDET's other podcasts, Twisted Storytellers and Created Equal. I'm Sasha Ryan. Thanks for listening. StoryCorps Detroit is supported by the Detroit Historical Society.